Garrett, how come he doesn't get the credit? I'm serious. Like, again, you just mentioned that game against the Saints. Everybody was ready for the Saints to go ahead and steamroll yeah. the Cowboys, okay? Because he's that's all Jason does is clap. Right. That's the idea. That's he's Poor a, Jason. He's a clapper. He's such a different guy to away from the cameras. He what, really is. OK, give me give me something on that, Jane. What do you got for me when, on that? So he does these off the uh, it's it's a it's the walk off. And so that's when he's not on the podium and you sort of get real Jason Garrett. And you hear him say it from time to time. Well, that's a discussion over a bunch of lemonades. But he really is this really interesting, interested person. As a matter of fact, funny story about Jason. I've got his number. I'll reach out from him. I, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones keep him around. They respect him too, but I think they just haven't had a better candidate. I mean, show me someone better that the Cowboys would potentially go after. I'd rather go with the devil that I know if I'm those guys. Thank you, Jane Slater. Thank you, Jane Slater. Show me a better candidate, she says. She says, show me a better candidate. She says, Play my frickin' music! Yes! 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 Turn it up, turn it up just a little bit louder. Just a little bit, just a little bit! Turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. It's, it's, it's high enough, turn it down. Ladies and gentlemen, I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the interwebs. This is going to be a podcast talking this episode on the podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Replay it. This episode is going to be about both the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. By the way, Detroit is driving right now in that damn Lambeau field. That Lambeau Stadium. But I've got a whole bunch of Jason Garrett BS. Jane Slater yet again. This isn't yet again. This is actually in July. She, she said this, but I always quote this as ridiculous because of how ridiculous it is to say that there's not anybody better than Jason Bleepin' Garrett, whose true colors as a terrible head coach has shown his ugly head in the past three weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, pause the music. Ladies and gentlemen, he has been a, a, a sore sight, a soreness. I don't even know what the proper terminology, the proper word is. He's been just terrible for the past couple of weeks. Three for three. You're on a three-game losing streak going up against a divisional rival, and you should have beaten the star out of those doggone Philadelphia Eagles. And instead of beating the tar out of them, you have the tar beat out of you, and I'm watching Stafford dance around like I'm... Like, I mean, what the hell is Stafford doing tripping on air in the pocket? Never seen a quarterback with so little pressure trip and fall twice on the same damn series. Stafford, get that, get that, get Sorry about that. I got so angry. My mic, microphone unplugged. Jesus Christ. Having to watch Garrett, all these... All, all, having to watch my Cowboys lose to those damn New York football Jets. 
for the for the God knows how many times inked time. I don't know. It's God. It was just God awful. Then two months ago, three months ago, technically, Jane Slater goes on the Rich Eisen show and says, well, show me the devil that, show me someone who's better. There haven't been any good candidates. Yes, there has, Jane, but you don't want to, you don't want to look into it because you're a cowboy reporter. At the, hey, listen, I love Jane Slater as a reporter. She does a great job. But the, the horribleness, the issue with Jane is that she's too connected to the cowboys. You know, she can go off and she can report on other teams, but she's a Cowboy reporter. She likes the Cowboys. Her dad's a Cowboy fan. She's probably a Cowboy fan. She works for the NFL Network, so she's probably not going to... She's a Cowboy fan. But listen. Jane is always at the forefront of a lot of these stories that you see being written about the Cowboys, trade deals, stuff like that. Insider information, right? Because the Cowboys, they, they throw her a bone every now and again. So that way... So that way the information that they want can get out. Like, for instance, Dak Prescott wanting $40 million. And before people start saying, because I saw Pat McAfee making the mistake as well. I don't know if he watches the Dallas Cowboys or not, but he said Dak Prescott has been playing terribly. And I don't know if he's watching the same stuff that I've been watching for the past couple of weeks. Dak Prescott has not played terribly in the past three weeks. He's played pretty solid. 277 yards, 70% completion, 89, 89 passer rating. Not necessarily, yeah, a 90 is good. He has an 89 against the Jets, against the Packers, 463 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Two of those were not his fault, 83.8 passer rating and a 61.4% completion percentage. Watching that damn Aaron Jones that waved his fingers, toodaloo, toodaloo, Byron Jones. I want to see what he's going to do tonight against those damn Green Bay, against those damn Detroit Lions, let's see, let's see if you can actually do something against a team that's going to play defense. Let's see if you'll wave your, he's like, I'm happy to pay, I'm happy to pay the fine $10,000. I'm happy to pay the fine. I'm a little bit salty about it, obviously. Let's see if you're going to do, let's see if you're going to wave your fingers. Toodaloo, toodaloo. Let's see if you can do that against Matt Patricia's defense, who looks like they're actually able to play defense. And unlike my damn Cowboys defense, drop pass. Incomplete. Rodgers goes three and out. Why the hell couldn't we do that last week? Dak Prescott stats, 223 yards against the Saints. One INT, 73.2 passer rating, 66.7 completion percentage. Wide receivers in the past three games dropping balls. No idea why. Fumbling. Michael Gallup, Jesus Christ, Dak easily could have had 300 yards if he had caught a lot of those drop passes. Does anyone say that? Does anyone care about that? Does anyone Is anyone not going to say that Dallas didn't scheme for having Tyron Smith and Lael Collins out? That they aren't going to run any hot routes, any short routes, helping out the pass, helping out Prescott? No. Anybody going to say that? Anybody going to recognize that you don't necessarily have strong blocking up the middle? So instead of running Ezekiel Elliott up the middle, maybe you get him more involved in the passing game. Maybe you get Tony Pollard involved. Maybe you start switching out some guys. This is a guy that played wide receiver in college. Maybe you get him involved. Is anyone going to say anything about that? How Dallas, for some weird reason, after the first three weeks of the season, Dallas can't seem to have some type of creativity. Anyone you got any, Anybody going to talk about that? Anybody not going to give Dak Prescott any slack? 
It's all on Dak, I guess. Well, if you're going to put it on Dak when they lose, put them on Dak when it put it put it on Dak Prescott when they win. Put it on him. And they will win, ladies and gentlemen. They will win. They are too good not to win. They got punched in the mouth for the past three weeks. They will win football games. If you don't think that Dallas isn't going to the playoffs, yet again, I have I have to urge you to don't listen to the experts. Don't listen to the people who know, quote-unquote, what they, what they know about football. Don't, don't listen to everything. Because when I'm trying to tell people, all the time, when I try to tell people, that, hey, they got it in for the Cowboys. They don't like them. We already know the rest don't like us. You really like that officiating that they had against the Cowboys? Don't even try to start about, don't even try to tell me, oh, wait, the Cowboys, they had five consecutive, uh, what's it called, penalties. Jesus Christ. How, how, are, how are the Lions doing this against the Packers? We couldn't do any of this against the Packers last, last week. Couldn't do any of this. Couldn't throw the deep ball. They're, they're raining hell fire upon the Green Bay Packers. Couldn't do jack against the Packers. Jesus Christ, man. Everything's working for the Detroit Lions. They're stretching the field like nobody's business. Three and out for Rodgers already. This already looks, this looks like, damn damn it, this looks like the Dallas Cowboy defense. Already tonight, Matthew Stafford has 132 yards in four minutes. Looks worse than the Cowboys' damn defense. Oh my goodness. But everybody's bailing on the Cowboys. You got Stephen A. Smith. I didn't even get, I didn't, you know what, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I wanted to save this sweetness. For the podcast. I wanted to save it for the podcast. Where is it? Let me type it in. I wanted to save my reaction for this podcast. Here we go. Here, here's Stephen A. Smith. It's his birthday. So, of, of course, it's his birthday. Of course, it's his birthday. So, of course, he has to mock the Cowboy fans on his birthday. And, you know, he has to applaud the Jets. And you want to know <laughs> You want to know the first thing that I thought when, uh, when the Cowboys lost? You know what I thought? I'm like, man, Stephen A. Smith is going to go on first take and talk a lot of shit. That's the first thing that I thought. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Say this. My birthday's today. Yeah. But my present arrived yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's discuss it. How much trouble are the Cowboys in? Well, they're in the world of trouble. Let's be very, very clear about that, Max Kellerman. They're in the world of trouble. Because when you look at the NFC, you see how this works. If you're 3-3 three and three and you're 500 team, chances are if this trend continues, and we have no reason to believe that it won't, the reality is, is that the NFC East playoff participant is going to have to be the winner of the division. There's not a wild card that's going to come out of there. Now when you're looking at Chicago. All right, he's trying to have a southern accent. I can't stand it. The first, the first little jip, the first little quip that he had, great job by him. Uh, other than that, I mean, Max goes on in the video. I, I saw in my recommended feed, I'm watching this right now. Sam Darnold is better than Dak Prescott, Mike Greeny, and Greeny's a Jet fan. Let me listen to this. Let me listen to this garbage. Let me, let me soak it up. Let me soak it up. I want to soak it up. I want to internalize it. And then next week, who does Darnold play? Who does he play? Who does Darnold play next? 
Who, who do the Jets? Because the Jets, they're feeling themselves. Who do the Jets play next week? They play the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Let's see if Darnold can do what he did against the Cowboys defense, against the, the, the Patriots. Let's see. Let's see if he can do what he did against the Patriots. And there's going to be a lot of conversation about who to blame. And anytime you're saying we beat ourselves, that has to go all the way to the top. And the top is also Jerry, but it's also Jason Garrett. In three criticals, I'm not sure they win a game again. I, I am not sure they win a game again. <laughs> okay, all, all right. Pat, you're over-exaggerating. They got, <laughs> they got the Giants and Washington on the schedule. They still got... There are some, there are some teams with quarterbacks that... 100% can be exploited. Amari Cooper's injured right now. He's probably going to take a couple of weeks. Luckily, the bye week is after this week, so we'll we'll get a bye week. But usually, for some weird reason, Dallas can, at least last year, they could turn it around during uh, the bye week. But um, something has got to happen drastically to make this team flip the script. You know, something, something how things are going for the Cowboys. If you can't win on Jerry World's birthday against an 0-4 team, especially against a quarterback coming back from Mono, you're never going to win a game again. But with that being said, there's three critical stats I think that we should look at. We will this weekend. We will. If we're digging deeper on why this is Jason Garrett's fault. Time of possession, field position, and turnovers, right? Two of those three stats are top three stats in determining who wins the game. They are 29th, 29th, and 30th in those in their last three losses. Those are things that fall right on the head coach, especially with bad decisions happening day in and day out. Jason Garrett is the picture of average, and now they're below average in this. I tell you what, the, Jason Garrett, his butt is absolutely blistered. What? What? Well, I'm, I'm saying this. He's been on the hot seat for 10 oh. years. That butt's blistered. Okay. No, he has not, Rex Ryan. He has not been on the hot seat for 10 years. He has not. He's been on an easy seat. He's been on the a lush, comfortable leather. I mean, we're talking fresh from the pasture. You just stripped the cow of his skin, made it into leather yesterday. We're talking it's the new leathery, fresh smell, you know? We're talking he has had a nice, comfortable job, a nice, comfortable position for the past 10 years. Now it's a hot seat. But it isn't blistered. What you talking you about? It's not a hot seat. And it's the truth, oh, man. Like this thank dude, you for clarifying. Haven't we had... We, we talk about this every year on this show. They come out, hey, they went, oh, they're the greatest. Oh, now they stink. And at the end of the year... Rex Ryan knows a lot about that, being a guy that... Didn't he ride it on the bus? On a bus? That he's going to win the Super Bowl? That his team's going to win? Didn't he write that on the bus? I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there about Rex Ryan. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, hey, they're really good. And people like me are going to start believing in, in them again. And then they're going to lose first round of the playoffs. The first three weeks of this season, their young offensive coordinator mm -hmm. was the star Ooh. of the NFL. What is it now? Boy, wonder you're talking about, yes. Eddie. You guys said it. You guys said he's going to be a head coach. He's going to be all this. Yeah. Where? What, in some junior college? Like, come on. Dude, he needs experience. That's all he did. But he showed his inexperience on that two-point play. Only the play of the game. How inexperience on the two-point play. Are you sure that was a uh, a Kellen Moore call? Or are you sure that wasn't a Jason Garrett call? Sure that wasn't Kellen Moore. Was, was that Jason Garrett? Emotion of backup. What, are you surprised that Greg Williams is going to bring the house? 
come on, you know he's going to send his best player, and that's what he did with well, Jamal Adams. Let me come to my voice of reason over here, which is, uh, I, I say that hesitantly. <laughs> Um, Dak Prescott obviously has been the topic of conversation throughout the offseason into this season. As you watched that game yesterday, how much of that loss was about him? Uh, the reality is that if Dak's going to go to the table and ask for $40 million, you can't lose that football game. You cannot go to an 0-4 football team with a quarterback coming off of mono and lose if you're going to ask for $38 million. Now listen, they missed Amari Cooper and ran... A, he's not going to ask for $40 million. B, isn't it interesting? And everybody keeps on telling me, well, Dak Prescott isn't worth $40 million. He, well, well, he's just he's just not worth $40 million. That's a very, very interesting little statement that people like to always bring up. Because uh, you're, um, and I don't think Dak Prescott is going to get or that he's been asking for $40 million. But do you want to know what uh, your 100 and what your $30 million quarterbacks, what they've been doing for the past couple of uh, weeks uh, for the uh, for the Falcons? How many wins do they have? Falcons, one and five. That's Matt. That's Matty Ice. Matty Ice is on a one and five. <clears throat> is one and five in the season. Then that's your $30 million quarterback. Your $33 million quarterback, Carson Wentz, got bit, beaten out of the stadium against the Minnesota Vikings. I sung about it yesterday during the Cowboys game that we lost. This is how we score. 38-20 to 20 against the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wait. What's his what's his face? Uh, in, a, in a divisional game against the 49ers, the Los Angeles Rams yet again lost to... Another team that they probably should have beaten, the San Francisco 49ers. I, I don't, I don't, it, and checks, holy shit, man. Jared Goff was 13 of 24 for 78 yards. 78, he didn't even get 100. The running backs, pretty much all, I mean, I, I don't know who the hell the running back is. I mean, they had Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, who are wide receivers. They have Daryl Henderson. They have, who's, I think, a wide receiver. And then they have Malcolm Brown. Jesus Christ, man. You guys got to be shitting me with this with this noise. Dak Prescott doesn't deserve his money. But uh, these guys, Jared Goff and what what's his face? Uh, Matt Ryan and what? Matt Ryan can't even beat uh, Kyler Murray in Atlanta. Or in Arizona, excuse me. Not Atlanta, in Arizona. And oh, by the way, Carson Wentz can't beat one of the worst, worst quarterbacks in the league in Kirk. Cousins. Oh, and by the way, Philip Rivers, he can't beat a backup. I have no idea what's going on. Aaron Rodgers is losing to uh, to the Detroit Lions. 10-0 right now after the Aaron Jones, after he twiddled his fingers in Dallas, said bye-bye, Byron Jones, bye-bye. Well, he also said bye-bye to the football as he fumbled it. Just saw right now, just saw him fumble the football. He, he, he likes to say bye-bye to a lot of stuff. He likes to say bye-bye to 10 grand, and he likes to say bye-bye to the football. Whew, man. But everyone keeps on telling me, well, Dak Prescott doesn't deserve his money. Well, I guess neither does Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and Carson Wentz, who all lost last night. Watching it on Monday, not Tuesday. I know that, that, um, that the Jets versus the Cowboys podcast was posted today. Didn't mean to do that. It was my fault. But don't you just love it whenever people are like, you know what? We're going to defend our guys and we're going to bash other guys, right? We're going to defend 
Sam Darnold, and we're also going to bash Dak Prescott. Prescott. We're not going to talk about Wentz or Goff or Atlanta's quarterback, Matt Ryan. 78 yards. Oh, and by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo, 24 of 33, 243 yards. Excuse me. Zero touchdowns, one interception. Oh, yeah, he did a whole lot of contributing to the team, right? Whole lot of contributing, right? Excuse me. That's your 30-something million dollar quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't have a passing touchdown, just like that Prescott. In fact, he had less yards and an interception. At least Dak Prescott didn't turn the freaking football over. Everyone, listen, everyone is calling the Cowboys dead on arrival. The reason why I felt so strongly about predicting the Cowboys at being one of those teams, and everybody is switching sides. Everyone's like, Dallas isn't going to the Super Bowl. Dallas isn't going to the playoffs. Everyone's making fun of the Cowboys Monday. All right, fine, sure. Are they going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Okay, then. Okay, then. Yes or no? Are they going to do it? That's what I want. That's that's the major question. Are they going to do it? Because that's really the only, the only team that they have to beat. That's the only team that I really care about right now. We'll talk about the other teams when they come. But if you're telling me that the Cowboys, that it's a crapshoot or, you know, you believe in the Eagles, you believe it, that they'll beat the Cowboys, okay. Okay, you believe in Carson Wentz, 38-20. to 20. You believe in Jared Goff, 20 to 7. You believe in Matt Ryan, 34 to 33. Okay. Okay. Play on, player. Cobb didn't play. Tyron Smith didn't play. He dealt with some drops. They obviously were a little bit overwhelmed offensive line-wise by this Jets defensive line. But at the end of the day, the conversation is, if we are going to pay you all that money, you figure out a way to beat a winless football team, and he didn't do that. And that's my biggest case with Dak. You can't ask for $40 million and lose that game. So let me Stock make, down, Greeny. Yeah, Stock down. Red arrow. <laughs> let me make the next point that I think should be made here. We have had some conversation on this show about whether or not Dak Prescott is one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yesterday, he was definitively the second-best quarterback on that field. Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Went healthy, which yesterday was the first time that he was. If you watched that game yesterday, you tell me if you're starting a team, which quarterback is it you want? Oh, there's no question I want Sam Darnold. Like, who had the same amount of talent surrounding him or support system? Keep that energy. Keep that same, that same, same energy. Keep it up. Just keep it up. Just keep up. Just, just say it. Just keep it up. Keep it up with Sam Darnold. So, what I want to know is, because <clears throat> people people like to flip-flop. People like to, to move the goal line, right? Even I like to do it from time to time. Because it's easy. It's, it's an easy and lazy way to have a discussion, right? Especially around sports, right? <clears throat> so, Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is asking for all this money. Dak wants to get paid. So Sam Darnold is making the playoffs. Let's let's check that schedule. Let's check the Jets' schedule because if you're going to tell me, oh yeah, Sam Darnold is a better is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, let's check out his schedule. Let's see who who they play against. So on Monday night, he's going to lose. He's going to play against the Patriots in New York. He's going to play against the Patriots. Just that simple. So what you're telling me? That Sam Donald is going to beat 
Tom Brady, because he has to win those games. He has to win those games, right? They beat the Cowboys. They, sh- they should be able to beat the Patriots. So then he goes on and he plays against the Jaguars, right? Genshu, the mustachioed man in Jacksonville. Okay, so then he goes on and he plays the Jets in Miami. We already can kind of figure out what that what that game is going to be. <clears throat> then he plays against the Giants, Washington, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Bills, right? So he should win the majority of the following, uh, what, how many, how many games do we got? Like 10 games. He should win the majority of those 10 games. So six to seven wins. He should be six of 10, seven and 10, seven and nine at the end of the season, right? Oh yeah. Any, oh, they already played against the Eagles. I'm like 31 to six, but that was without him. So they got to play against the Patriots, Giants, not, yeah, the Giants, Jaguars, Dolphins, Washington, Raiders. Okay, I was like, please don't have the Jets and the Giants on Sunday night. And they don't, thank God. It's a noon o'clock game. But what I'm interested, oh yeah, and they played the Ravens on Sunday night. Let's see how good this Darnold guy is. Let's just see. Let's see how good he is. Because everybody keeps on hyping him up, telling me that he's better than Dak. Greeny keeps on saying he's better than Dak. Okay, what about the what about the Patriots? What about the Jaguars? You know what? Talk to me when he beats these teams. Talk to me when he has a winning schedule. Talk to me. Everybody keeps on saying, "Well, it's the talent around Dak." Dak literally in the same in the same segment, they said it's the talent around Dak. That's the reason why he wins. But then when he loses, he's like, "Oh, it's on Dak. That's why he loses." Which is it? Is it the talent that is it the team or is it Dak? Which one is it? It can't be both. You want to say on the one hand, it's on Dak. On the other hand, it's on the talent. It's the talent. When he wins, it's the talent. When he loses, it's Dak Prescott. Okay. Okay. I'd say pretty similar, right? Who was going against a pretty similar? I would say that Sam Darnold would have less talent. Yes, That's what absolutely. I'm saying. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I mean, again, Dak was without Easy Cobb and Dak. Cooper, right? Um, and then who's going against a more talented defense? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Which one was better? Which one was better? Easily, which one was better? Gave mouth to mouth to the city of New York. Like, no pun intended from the mono. Yeah. But it was just so exciting. Like, he makes everyone better. Gase was better. Robbie Anderson was better. DT was better. The offensive line was better. Le'Veon Bell was better. Sam Darnold. I think Rex and I were talking about this earlier. I completely forgot that Sam Darnold was a good quarterback. Yeah. It's hard not to fall <laughs> into the you. trap of a guy having mono as a professional athlete. Because whenever I was in school, kid got mono, he came back 30 pounds lighter, he wasn't really healthy and anything like that. Sam Darnold got mono and somehow became a better football player, which in turn made his offensive line better, Everyone. made his weapons better, and the entire New York Jets organization, instead of being a part of the suck bowl, who's going to get the number one pick? Now Greeny and all Jets fans everywhere are like, we got a guy and we potentially have a future and we're definitely going to cover against the New England Patriots next week. If we're talking about the Eagles, their season completely hinges on them making a trade for a cornerback. They're set- whoa, 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 wait a second. Whoa, time out, time out. Hold on a minute. Wait a second. Didn't you just say if he wants that type of money, if Dak Prescott wants that type of money, he has to bail his team out of trouble? Did you or did you not just say that? 
This is all in like the span of like five to ten minutes, by the way. Isn't it funny how one guy, it's like, oh, he has to carry the team on his back. On the next segment, it's, oh, wait, we have to, Carson Wentz, one of the best young talents in the NFL. He has to, his team has to trade for a Pro Bowl cornerback. And Jalen Ramsey, or who else do they got? Hold on, where, where's the actual clip? Let me, let me find it. And you can't lose that football game. Here we go, here we go, here it is, here it is. ...topic of conversation throughout the offseason into this season. As you watched that game yesterday, how much of that loss was about him? Uh, the reality is that if Dak's going to go to the table and ask for $40 million, you can't lose that football game. You cannot go to an 0-4 football team with a quarterback coming off of mono and lose if you're going to ask for $38 million. Now listen... This, time out. This is supposed to be Carson Wentz's MVP caliber season. This is supposed to be the comeback tour of the millennium. This is supposed to be Fly Eagles Fly once again. They're going to stomp on the lowly Dallas Cowboys. Blah, blah, blah. Isn't this supposed to be the season? And, and listen what he says literally, and this is a YouTube video, so obviously there have been some clips that are edited, but it's from the same date. It's from the same show. It was ca- It was... It was put on today. Let's see what he has to say a couple of minutes later. On them making a trade for a cornerback. Hold on, hold on. You didn't get the full context. Let me rewind so that way you get the full context. We potentially have a future, and we're definitely going to cover against the New England Patriots next week. If we're talking about the Eagles, their season completely hinges on them making a trade for a cornerback. Their secondary Especially at the... Hold on, time out, time out. Doesn't Carson Wentz have Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey? Doesn't he have one of the best offensive lines in the league? Doesn't he have one of the best owners, one of the best GMs, one of the best coaches, one of the best wide receiving cores? He has Zach Ertz, one of the best tight ends. He has three damn running backs that can all get 100 yards. I thought this was supposed to be the guy. I thought this was supposed to be the season. You know, it's funny that they say, well, Dal- we don't care about all of, the, all of the injuries that Dallas had and suffered and all that good stuff. What about Carson Wentz? Why, does anyone not care about this? Apparently, you guys care about this stuff. You guys are like, that. Well, well, their secondary is atrocious. Okay, but isn't he supposed to be the guy? Isn't he supposed to be the guy? I just want, I just want, to, I just want to ask that question. Because it sounds ridiculous when in a six-minute YouTube video, you have, and this is, and I get it, the show was on the recorded on the same day and all that good stuff, but it's like, you seem a little bit ridiculous when you say literally two different things about two different guys, literally within a span of 10 minutes of each other. This is ridiculous. Come on, my guy. Corner position is so bad, and that's been the storyline for them this year, is the two young corners in Douglas and Sidney Jones just haven't panned out. And this is a championship caliber team and roster. Their total success long-term this year is dependent on Howie Roseman not only making a trade for a corner, but he's got to go get a good corner. I don't know what it's going to go take. but So, you so he's got to get not only a corner, but a good corner for the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Don't they have a hundred and... $20, $130 million quarterback getting paid over $33 million annually. Don't they have one of those? Don't they have one of those? As far as I remember, they, you know, they, have, that, they have that guy Carson Wentz. Didn't they have one of those guys? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm just hearing stuff. can't rely on those two young corners anymore. They're not good enough. 
And I think the NFC East stinks. I mean, let's just say it how it is. We're forced to watch them every single week. There are a lot of big fan bases. They're always on national television. You look at the Redskins. Big win yesterday in the Suck Bowl against the Dolphins. They're yeah, not going to have the number door. one pick, probably the number two pick. That place is a complete dumpster fire. The Giants have seemed to come back down to earth after the Danny Dimes run they had for a little bit. The Philadelphia Eagles don't have a secondary, so anybody that can throw a football is going to slice and dice them. And the Cowboys are still being coached by Jason Garrett, so they're going to be average. The NFC East is a two-horse race between the Eagles and Cowboys, but I don't think either of them are going to do damage later unless the Eagles can figure out how to get a better defense and if the Cowboys can find a new head coach that doesn't make them stink and be average on such a regular basis. Kind of agree with Pat McAfee on that one. But, hey, uh, you're also your team, the Indianapolis Colts, play in a division with the Jaguars and the Titans. Who are their quarterbacks again? I, I try, try to remember who their quarterbacks Oh, yeah, uh, Genshu, who's a six-rounder, playing very, very well. But also, uh, the Titans, Marcus Mariota, who I almost, like, I can't tell you, I can almost tell you, I can almost name you all 32 NFL head coaches right here, right now. I cannot tell you who is coaching the Bengals and those two teams, the, the Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I almost forgot the teams while I was thinking about their coaches, because their coaches, I know their faces, I know their faces. I think Doug Marone is one of is the Jacksonville. Your coaches are so forgettable. You play in a weak division too. Don't even think about it. Your you, your team plays in a weak division as well. The only good team in that division is the Texans. That's because of Deshaun Watson. Everybody keeps on telling me, well, Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. He needs a better defense to win. I'm not as dire on the NFC as Pat is. It's a little I'm sick of it. The reality is, it's a two-man race between Dallas and Philadelphia. And the next five weeks, we'll know a lot. They kind of play the, a very similar schedule opponent-wise. Thank you for watching. That's when they ended. Greeny, uh, I want to see what he's going to have to say when the Jets have to go up against the Patriots in a week against Tom Brady. I wonder how good, Tom, uh, what's his name, Sam Darnold is going to be against the Patriots. But everybody keeps on piling on because it's, it's the Cowboys. They love to pile on. Jane Slater is like, you know what? You know what? Look, play my freaking music. How long have I been podcasting? I didn't even do my freaking intro. I don't even think I've been podcasting for like 33 minutes. Didn't even do my freaking intro. I think I did it. But just in case if I didn't do it, you can find 24's podcast. Yeah, I did. I did do it. Play my play my play my song again. Play the doom and the gloom again. Turn it down just a little bit. Just a little bit. I've been hearing everything, right? I've been seeing some things. I've been hearing about everything. I've been looking. I've been I've been making sure that I am active in this community, in 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 the sports-based community, because people they always like to switch sides. Hold on, don't even play this song. I got I got a better one. I got a better one. Those people they be switching sides like Takashi Snitch Nine. Let me play it, cause I'm sick of this shit. Sick of it. Sick of all of you imbeciles switching sides. Everybody's switching. Everybody's like, oh, oh, the, the Cowboys are so terrible. Even Pat, he's switching sides. What the hell's going on? Have the courage of your convictions. If you thought Dallas was trash five weeks ago, you should have said it before they played against the Giants. Then you would have been turned out right. I still think they're going to go to the playoffs. They have the talent that they should go to the NFC Championship game. But at this point, Jason Bleepin' Garrett is so terrible that I don't need, I'm don't. i not even sure about that. But I guarantee you one thing. We will win. Hold on. 
we will win against those damn Philadelphia Eagles. I guarantee that. It's a sad day when you got everybody just being like, oh, Dak Prescott, he sucks. Uh, Sam Donald, he's better than Dak Prescott. How's he going to do against the Patriots next week? How's he going to do? How's Carson going to do against the Cowboys on Sunday? You tell me everybody's better. You tell me that they're better, but they need pieces, correct? They need pieces, right? Every what, Hold on. Let me pause it. Let me make this clear. Everybody needs pieces to win. As much as Tom Brady has made it work with... He's, he's like the only guy that I've ever seen to make it work without having any strong pieces. Like, you need help to win. No guy goes into a football league, goes into the NFL with a bunch of five foot seven, 140-something pound receivers and wins a whole bunch of football games. Nobody does that. Nobody besides Brady. He's like the only guy. Steve Young, Jerry Rice. Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin. Russell Wilson even had Doug Baldwin, who's a great wide receiver, probably a Hall of Famer for a really, really, really long time. Tom Brady, the greatest football player of all time. Do I even need to go down the Rolodex of great football players that he's had? Not just, not just on his football team, but at that specific position, at the wide receiving position. I will. Randy Moss, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman right now is sandwiched in between Michael Irvin and, Ra- not Randy, uh, Jerry Rice for playoff catches. Randy Moss is one of the best wide receivers of all time. Just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh, and by the way, he's had Robert Gronkowski on the team. The best tight end of all time. Everybody needs help. Oh, and by the way, he's also had Bill Belichick, the greatest football coach of all time as well. Everybody needs help in order to win. Don't try and convince me otherwise. You need help. It all depends on the quarterback. How much help or how little help do you need? It matters. But everybody, every quarterback needs an offensive line. Every quarterback needs a wide receiving core. They need a guy that they can reliably throw the football to. They always need that. They need a guy who they can hand the football off to. They need a guy who can block for them. Every, every, every quarterback needs that. And if you're one of the guys that says, well, this guy can get it done underneath any offensive line. This guy can get it done with any wide receiving core. They can get it done every single, with any any and all guy, whatever. They can get it done with anybody. Scrubs, guys that are working in grocery stores right now. They can get it done with those guys. You're deluding yourself. Because we're literally watching what happens if certain pieces aren't on the football team. Jared Goff is failing. Carson Wentz is failing. Dak Prescott is failing. Matt Ryan is failing. Phillip Rivers is failing. Russell Wilson is almost failing. He's like the only guy right now that's kind of doing it without a whole lot of help. But even then, Jesus Christ, he has DK Metcalf. He has Paul Richardson. He has a lot of guys. And he has Pete Carroll. He has uh, the, the running backs as well. What are the stats for the running backs this weekend? Saw bits and pieces of that Seahawks game. Hold on. What was the uh, 
it was a Seahawks game against the Browns, 32 to 28. Chris Carson had 24 carries for 124 yards. Jesus Christ. He was fantastic. Every quarterback needs help. That's what I'm trying to say. Saying that they don't need help is ridiculous. You saw what, and, and it's funny because Pat was on the show and he's like, you know, uh, all of these guys and you have all these pieces and da-da-da-da-da. Everybody was like, everybody has all these pieces and whatever. But it's like, listen, you saw what happened to Andrew Luck when he didn't have an offensive line. The dude is one of the best. He, he was supposed to be the next John Elway. He didn't last 10 years. 10 years. And he also had T.Y. Hilton, by the way. But we're not going to get into that. We're going to get into why Jane Slater and why, um, uh, or not even why, but who I would have as a head coach over Jason Garrett. And boy, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of them. Let me just bring up the NFL teams. NFL teams. Let's just do that. Play my music for me. One, one, one time for the one time. Go, go back. There we go. A little bit louder. A little bit. There we go. There it is. So, I got all 32 teams wrapped up, lined up, all that good stuff, right? So, starting off with the Patriots, Bill Belichick, greatest football head coach of all time. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco. I'm not even going to name the team names anymore. Doug Peterson, Pete Carroll, not Freddie Kitchens. LaFleur, want to know why he's better? Because he actually can freaking beat teams that he's supposed to beat. Uh, Pat Shermer, I would take him. Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid. I'm not taking John Gruden just yet. Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Kings, Kyle Kingsbury, Chris Kingsbury. I would take him. He's done an immaculate job with Kyler Murray. By the way, if you... Th- Everybody was making fun of Kyler because everybody was like, Kyler Murray is too small to play in the NFL. He's like five feet four, five feet three. He's going to get clobbered in the NFL. Look at Kyler Murray. He's going to get in any lights up Atlanta like it's nobody's business. Uh, obviously, I'm taking Sean Payton over Jason Bleepin' Garrett, but I'm not taking Adam Gase, even though he just beat us. Here's the reason why. It's literally moving laterally because I think they're in the same category. I think Jason Garrett and... Adam Gase are literally one and the same, both below mediocre. Everybody everybody says they're average, but I think they are significantly below average. But I'm not taking Adam Gase over over him. It's it's kind of the same thing. Reason why I'm not taking John Gruden over him, and uh, whoever is coaching Washington, because I think we're moving laterally here. I don't think we're moving upward. I think we're going the same way, if not worse. And at this point, I think most coaches in the NFL are better than Garrett. But at the same token, they also probably could be worse. And I think an example of that is Adam Gase of the New York Jets. I already said I'm not taking Washington. Because I have no idea who their head coach is. They just fired their head coach. Matt Nagy, I would take. I have no idea who the Broncos head coach is. Uh, Sean McVay, I would 100% take. Not taking Brian Flores, considering that his team is tanking, and I have no idea what the hell his team is. I would have loved to have John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens come to Dallas. Uh, Matt Patricia, yeah, he's he's currently better. Bill O'Brien, 
I mean, we'll see. I, 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 we'll see, but I mean, I think he's moving laterally as well. I love the Bills coaching staff. Yeah, I would take the Bills head coach over over Jason Garrett. Um, Anthony Lynn has done a great job in in uh, in Los Angeles with the Los Angeles Chargers, considering that they don't have any any type of home field advantage after being taken out of the city of San Diego. Uh, Tampa Bay, yeah, they've they've Bruce Arians has done an immaculate job with. Jameis Winston, I know they lost to the Carolina Panthers, but I mean, Jameis has looked a lot better in these past couple of weeks with Bruce Arians as the head coach. I have no idea who the Atlanta Falcons head coach or the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaches. In fact, I, there are four teams who I don't know your head coaches, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and Tennessee. Uh, I, I think Doug Marone coaches Jacksonville. I wouldn't take Doug Marone over him. Also, I would take Frank Wright, who is the uh, the Colts head coach. This 59 type of guy, this 59 guy, he is celebrating way too much. Way too... The game's still going on, bro. He beats his guy. He beats the running back. Stafford steps up. He beats two guys. Press of play. Sits down on him. He's getting a sack. He's hyped up. All right. All right, now 55. Okay. All right, 55. You keep on celebrating. You keep on doing your thing. Let me tell you something. I want to see you celebrating after this game, no matter what happens. If you win, if you lose, I, I want to see you celebrating. I want you to get hyped. I want you to stay. I want you to stay that same energy. Keep it. Don't switch sides. Don't be switching. Keep on being authentic. Keep on being who you are. As I fast forward through the commercials, I've been periodically doing it, but I haven't been keeping up with it 100% trying to talk about Garrett. You know what's interesting? I don't know something interesting about Jason Garrett is that we got a little glimpse of this uh, with a lot of former Dallas Cowboy players. Really, we did. We saw the uh, the warning. We saw the signs on the wall. Jason Garrett is a terrible head coach, but it all came from departing Cowboys, so we all thought it was BS, even to my extent. I was like, I kind of think this is BS just a little bit. Cole Beasley said something how like the front office pretty much gets the ball to whoever they want. Des Bryant keeps on saying that uh, that the scheme is whatever the scheme wants, whoever, uh, th- that they used him, they used Des in a very, very specific way, da-da-da-da-da-da. They said all that type of stuff. And they were departing from the team, so you thought they said it out of in spite. Which is true, they said it in spite, but it doesn't necessarily make it false information. In fact, sometimes when things are said in spite, out of anger, sometimes they could be the most truthful statements you could possibly uh, imagine. And they were true. Uh, The offense, and I think even Cole went into it further by saying that the offense is kind of stagnant. They kind of run the exact same play. Like he's very, very, he is correct in saying that. 100% correct in saying that. And so now we get to week six of the NFL. Dallas is now three and three. We should really be four and two, maybe with losses against the Packers and the Saints, with a win against the Jets. Maybe even six and zero, to be honest with you. Maybe even six and zero. I don't know. But the point is, is that we are really, really far behind with where we need to be. We need to beat the Eagles. We really needed to beat the Jets, but now. It is a must-win against the Eagles, where we could go down three and four and literally start the season pretty much how we started last year, going into the bye week. 
But when it comes to the Cowboys, when it comes to this team, Jason Garrett runs the team because he has been employed by the Joneses. And you know what I saw during the uh, the, the week one, week two, week three games? Specifically the week ones and week twos. Remember how Dallas kept on saying that, uh, that you know, Zeke is on limited snaps. He's, you know, he's, he's not really going to participate that much in the football. He, we're not really going to use him that much. Remember how they kept on saying that? It was very, very true. They relied on Dak Prescott a lot more. They got the run game. You know, the, the run game was kind of flowing with, you know, with Pollard. And like Pollard and Zeke had a, both had two, they both had a hundred yard game during the season. It was phenomenal. Remember that? Remember how that happened? But it was all predicated on the passing game and how great of a passing game it was. Remember that aspect? But now it's, let's run it on first and 10. Let's get behind in the downs. Let's go second and 11, third and 11. Let's just, you know, let's play the same football that we've been playing. So now you find yourself, and I was literally like analyzing the game as the game was going on. I was like, I don't understand why Dallas keeps on running it on first and 10. And then they get behind. They go like second and second and one not second and one, second and 11, third and 11, and now Dak has to bail them out. Sometimes on some possessions, Michael Gallup would drop a pass that would convert. Other times, they just wouldn't get it, right? So you constantly had just Dallas just just not winning with the play calling and kind of getting further behind. But then when you started to see them pass, it was, oh, okay, now it's second and five. Oh, we run it, and that's a 10-yard game with Zeke. Like, everybody's like, woo, Zeke got a 100-yard uh, game. That means Dallas is going to win it, right? First, first loss of, the, of his career with 100 yards. Every single time he's run for 100, it means they win. Well, in this particular occasion, doesn't anymore. And it's the scheme. It's the setup. And I said this kind of as a tease at the beginning of the podcast. If you know that your left and your right tackles are going to be out for the week, you you probably, you, you scheme for it, you game plan for it. You say to yourself, well, Lael's going to be out. He has like something wrong with his MCL. Tyron's going to be, is, is hurt. So he may be limited. But overall, we probably are going to have an undrafted free agent rookie as a right tackle. Yes, you heard me right. An undrafted free agent right tackle. He's a rookie as our right tackle. And we're also going to have Cameron Fleming, who's a backup, as our left tackle. Those are the guys, right? So what you do, what the Patriots would do, what most teams would do is they would say, well, we're not going to have all of our guys run verticals. What we're going to do is we're going to have a bunch of hot routes. We're going to have a a bunch of short, quick routes with all of our receivers, and we're just going to death by a thousand cut you. We're just going to play the long game. We're just, we're not in any rush. 
Yeah, have you ever seen a Patriot football game? Have you ever seen... Well, you if you haven't seen a Patriot football game, whenever Brady lines up at the line of scrimmage, whenever he... You know, whenever he's in the zone, whenever he is, not even in the zone, whenever he's starting, he's very, very poised, he's very, very calm, he's very, very uh, nonchalant in a good way. He's not in a rush. Even when even when he's in a two-minute drill, not even in a two-minute drill, in like a two-minute, you need a score or else you lose the football game scenario, he's very, very poised. He's very, very calm. Because he knows that the scheme will protect him. He knows, all right, ball's getting out in a couple of seconds. I don't really have to worry about it. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Five-yard reception here, maybe turned into 10 yards, maybe a bubble screen. He like They've schemed for short yardage situations, but when they take the top off, when they throw down the field, that's when he's really going to gash you. That's when he's really, really going to start hurting you. When you can't really, because what he's going to do, what the Patriots are going to do, is they're going to death by a thousand cuts. Then they're going to run it. Then they're going to hit you again with the pass, and they're going to run it. It's a one-two punch, and when they've set you up for it, they're going to knee you in the face with a... <laughs> they're going to knee you in, a fa- in the face and get you in a... In a in, in what's, what's a UFC choke? A triangle choke. They're going to get you in one of those choke or, or, or a rear naked choke. They're going to get you in a rear naked choke. They're going to squeeze the life out of you. They're going to take the top off the defense and score with one of their big guys. That's what they're going to do. What Dallas doesn't do is they say, is they don't do that. They don't do exactly what the Patriots do. And that is scheme for a defense. Scheme the offense a specific way to kind of counteract what the other team's offense is doing. You know they're about to, you know they're blitzing. So why not give your quarterback a shot? Why not help him out a little bit? Why not make sure that he can that he can get the ball off in time and that your 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 running game is stout with the passing game? As much as the run game feeds into the passing game, or as much as the passing game, excuse me, feeds into the run game, it's vice versa as well. The run game can also feed from the passing game. But if you're so dead set on just establishing the, the run and not passing, the other team is going to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, we, we don't really have to do a whole lot. We can just freaking, we can just stop the run and not have to compensate for the pass. That's what literally they did every single time Dallas tried to establish the run. On first down, of course, they're like, our guys against your guys. It's like, nope, that's not going to work. We get it. We have three pro bowlers on the offensive line. One potential pro bowler, as well, one other potential pro bowler, and Lael Collins. So you have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the football. But that stuff does not matter. This Green Bay player, number 81, just got injured. He's hurt. He's down. But that stuff does not matter when you cannot when you cannot set up your offense for success. Stop hindering yourself. Help yourself. So, the whole point that I'm trying to make is that Jason Garrett is scheming a specific way and he is not scheming towards the way that Kellamore used to scheme in the first three weeks. Tony said it on, on the live broadcast, as Bryant said it, you know, about the Jason, the, the Garrett guys and all that stuff. Um, Cole Beasley said that only certain guys get the football and that type of stuff and blah, blah, blah. 
you hear all this noise about how certain players are only getting the football, that's Jason Garrett. Why why on God's green earth was Witten running a vertical? Why? Why? And I've seen it time and time again where Witten runs verticals or plays where you could have Blake Jarwin or Dalton Schultz in, it's Witten in. And I'm like, I thought Witten was supposed to kind of be like a guy that's supposed to support Dalton and Blake. That's kind of the theme that I, that's that's what I thought was going to happen. But instead he has absolutely and completely taken over the position. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I don't get it. Let me take a swig of my water first before I continue. Hold on. All right, sorry about that. I'll say this once, I'll say this again, man. Lincoln Riley is making like $6.85 million annually, right? That's how much money he's making. <clears throat> how much money is he making? How much money? I saw it somewhere how much money he's making. He's making like 6.8 something. Report, apparently Jones very intrigued by Lincoln Riley as potential coach. This was yesterday. Apparently he said that Jason Garrett's job isn't in jeopardy. We already know that the that the Joneses, they don't necessarily tell the truth. I think he's saying that to save face with Jerry. <clears throat> I've already mentioned... Uh, multiple times why Lincoln Riley is a perfect fit for the Dallas Cowboys. But we'll read this article first and then we'll get into it. Jerry Jones gave his latest public endorsement of Jason Garrett earlier this week when he said it would be a losing proposition to bet on the head coach being fired, but a lot... Okay, no. Fire him. He... It it needs to happen. Okay? For this team to be... I can't stand this dude anymore. Jerry is out of his freaking mind if he thinks that Jason Garrett shouldn't be fired after this season. Like, I don't care if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Seriously, how is he not going to get fired? No, it's, it's cumulative. It's cumulative. You can't just be like, oh, well, he won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl with one of the most talented Dallas Cowboy teams since the ninth. Keep, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the most... Talented rosters the Cowboys have had in almost 20 years, and we're three and three with them. Is that about the team or is that about the head coach? Because that to me, that's that's that is a indictment on the head coach. That means he should get fired. You can't win with one of the most talented teams of our team's history within the past 20 years. Seriously, dude? You suck that bad as a head coach that you can't coach a, how, how do you not coach a team? It's like it, like I I, it blows my mind that he's this terrible as a head coach. Everyone keeps saying he's average. He is significantly below average. 
and he's getting exposed. The worst, the best talent with one of the worst, which also why I think he's one of the worst head coaches in the league. Because if you give a lot of the NFL roster, a lot of the NFL coaches, this team that the Dallas Cowboys have, I don't think any of them are having this problem. I don't think they're not beating the Jets. I don't think they're not beating the Saints or the, the Packers. Like, seriously? His job isn't in jeopardy? It would be a losing proposition to bet on the head coach being fired? Really? It's no secret that NFL teams would have interest in Lincoln Riley if the Oklahoma head coach decided he wanted to coach at the pro level and Jason, I can't say his name, La Confora of CBS Sports reports that Jones is very intrigued by the intrigued by the idea of hiring Riley if the Cowboys do not extend Jason Garrett. There is a belief that Riley would be open to considering the right NFL job next season, and it doesn't get much better than the Dallas job between the high-profile nature of it and core players they already have in place: the offensive line, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Da 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 da. Jones is unlikely to make a coaching change in the middle of the season, but there's a reason the Cowboys chose to let Garrett enter a lame duck year rather than giving him a contract extension. The expectations in Dallas are as high as they have been in years, and Troy Aikman said recently that there's a feeling in Dallas that the Cowboys need to at least reach the NFC Championship game in order to keep for in order for Garrett to keep his job. Listen, I don't care if they win the damn Super Bowl. You get rid of this guy. You get rid of him. He's horrible. He is terrible. As for Riley, there may come a time when the interest from NFL teams is simply too strong to ignore. His Sooners are 6-0 following Saturday's big win over Texas, and Jalen Hurts is is in contention to be the school's third consecutive Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. A recent report shed some light on just how much of a hot commodity Riley has become in the NFL. This is the next Sean McVay, essentially. This is the guy that's supposed to that's supposed to be to certain NFL teams what Sean McVay is. And some people are like, well, I don't get the Lincoln Riley, the the, the reason why Lincoln Riley is so great. Well, for starters, let's take a look at Sean McVay. Let's take a look at Sean McVay. Then let's look, take a look at Lincoln Riley. Oh, and by the way, you know, if you don't get the whole Lincoln Riley thing, go look at uh, Cliff Kingsbury. See how well he's doing up in uh, in Arizona in his first year without an offensive line, without a great defense, without a uh, without a, a a lot of. I mean, he has Larry Fitzgerald, who is very very old. Let's let's just be honest. He's very very old. He's not what he once was. He's very very. He's a very very old guy. Essentially, excuse me. But Sean McVay is thirty. Holy shit, he's thirty. He's a he is so he's almost my age. Jesus Christ, man. He's 33 years old. 33, and he's already gone to a Super Bowl as a head coach. You do realize that he's going to have another 20 to 30 years in the NFL. Rex Ryan on freaking ESPN's TV show has never been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. And he did it within his second year coaching in the league. As a head coach, of course. He's been in the league for like a couple of years. But as a, as a head coach, this, it was his second year and he went to the Super Bowl. Rex Ryan didn't go jack, didn't do jack as the head coach. Didn't go didn't go to the Super Bowl. His defense didn't freaking stop Brady in the Super Bowl. 
Jesus Christ, man. Oh my goodness. This is the guy, man. Sean McVay. 33 freaking... And I, and I say this every single time because his wife is absolutely gorgeous. She's Russian. This dude is living his damn best life. Head coach of the Rams. Supermodel pretty much for a wife or a girlfriend or part. They have a kid together. No idea how I know that. But then he coaches in Los Angeles, which is probably the second best job in football as a Ram. Like, Jesus Christ, man. I just... And everybody's putting it on McVay. I think it's Goff. Weirdly enough, I think if you have Goff, I think if you switch switch him up, if you... if Listen, if Sean McVay gets fired next season for some stupid reason, fire Garrett, hire McVay. Hire him. He's too freaking good as a head coach. But then on top of that, you pair Lincoln Riley with... You pair a great offensive head coach with a with a up and cut his average Lincoln Riley's average salary six point five excuse me not six point eight. But you pair Lincoln Riley with a great with a new and up and coming offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, give him free control. You know you help him out with the play calling. Lincoln is thirty six years old by the way. You help him out with the play calling. Make sure everything is straight. Just say, hey. I don't think Lincoln calls the plays. I think he... Does he call? I I don't know. I think... uh, I haven't seen him on the sidelines calling plays that much. But it's like you pair Lincoln with Kellen. And I don't know if I've said this before, but I've definitely thought about this a lot when it comes to the hirings and firings of head coaches. Specifically in this situation, right? So you have Kellen Moore, who you promoted from quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator. I don't think it's on him that we're losing. I think it's on Garrett. Everybody's saying that it's Garrett. You know, the players are saying it. The former players are saying it. It's weird how former players keep on saying that it's Garrett. It's Garrett. It's Garrett. It's Garrett. It's Garrett. It's Garrett. Even Tony said it on the broadcast yesterday. He's like, oh, this this has Jason Garrett's footprints on it like nobody's business it's funny how everybody works how it works like that right but it is Jason Garrett and if you're going to fire him right if you're gonna say well contract extension is over with we're firing you and we're going to get Lincoln Riley all right I get keeping him as the head coach because you're not going to promote Kellen Moore but if you are going to promote Kellen Moore because you want to do things the Jones way and not not get one of the best head coaches currently coaching the damn sport, if you don't want to get one of those guys and you want to stick with Kellen Moore, you should fire Garrett and give the job to Kellen Moore. That makes a lot. And by the way, I think there also some heads will roll after this uh, after this season um, because. Because of how bad the defense is going to play. Maybe it's Chris Richard. Maybe it's Rod Marinelli. Whoever's calling the plays needs to get fired. And I think it's Chris Richard. He may get fired. After how great of a season he had last season. It has been night and day between this season and last season. 
And, I mean, all of his players are a year older, and for some weird reason, they aren't doing a whole lot. Lincoln Riley, look out for him. Coming to Dallas, in a town near you, in a show near you, on a television screen near you. Look out. Here they come. That's all the uh, the Dallas stuff I have. I know that what I'm supposed to be talking about the Lions versus the Packers. To be honest with you, I'm so pissed off about the Cowboys that I could barely give a damn. The score right now is 16 to 13. Six minutes, 27 seconds left in the third quarter. Got all these football players. Oof, man. Galladay. First down for him. Number 19, I think, at like the 50-yard line. Let's see. Does he get it? Bang. Yes, he does. He gets it. First down. And he holds on to the ball. Detroit at the 49-yard line of Detroit. Stafford gives it to his running back who gains three to four yards. Two teams that we got to play this year. We already lost to the Packers, losing up against, uh, losing losing to them. But now we're going to play up against those doggone Detroit Lions, who I am rooting for, by the way. I am rooting for, oh, shit. Oh, man. They're making a live-action version of Lady and the Tramp. I have no idea. Tessa Thompson and someone... Who is Tessa Thompson? I've heard Tessa Thompson like 80 million times within the past... Not 80 million times, but I've heard of her like a lot within the past couple of days. Oh, okay, okay. I'm like, who is Tessa Thompson again? And I'm like, oh, she's... she. I, I know who she is. I'm like, who is Tessa... Okay. Why are they doing this? Uh, it, it's not killing my childhood. It's just kind of like... And it's not even ruining what... I loved as like a kid. It's just you're not making it any better, you know. What they're doing with the live action versions of all of this stuff, it's it's just you're not making it any better. You're, you're kind of making it worse, you know. But I mean, their movies sell out like gangbusters. Like everybody saw the new Lion King, and uh, I mean, uh, I I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Let me let me look at this. Let me look at this trailer. Then I'll cast the uh, the game being a street dog isn't so bad at all he's a tramp i'm free to be whoever i want to be ah, hi. but we love him Whoa. walk wherever i want to walk hey hi are you two uh twins i'm our husband pal aha eat whatever i want to eat he's a tramp we are you know what him. fine and we know he'll always stay just remember i got this the old-fashioned way I stole it. Hey, come back here! You know what? That song isn't half bad. But I, I love the, I love it. Hold on, where, where's the original song? And a lot of these movies were made like way, like twenty to, like Lady and the Tramp was made, I think in like the seventies. And that song, the He's a Tramp, we love him, or something like that. Like that song, that movie was made like, goodness. Like, God knows how long before I was born. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me try and find it. Here it is. What a dog. 
Yeah. Tell us about it, Peg. What a dog. Peg used to be in the dog and pony follies. He's a tramp, but they love him. Breaks a new heart every day. He's a tramp. They adore him. And I only hope he'll stay that way. He's a tramp. He's a scoundrel. He's a rounder. He's a cab. He's a tramp. All right, you get you get the point, right? But it's a it's a classic. It's a classic. But I love him. Yes, even I have got it pretty bad. You can. And I just looked up the movie. Jesus Christ, this movie. I love this movie. I love Lady and the Tramp. It was made in 1955. 1955. Can you believe that? Jesus Christ. Whoa. Snob Hill. There we go. I got my collar. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> well, let me just take a little guess here. You're the center of your people's universe, right? You could say that. Your family's just about perfect. Oh my god! The Scottish dog? That was her. She's now British. He's now a... For starters, he's now a girl, and, she, and, and he is a she, and now she's not... She's not Scottish. She's not Scottish. Please... I get... I get not... You're not even gonna make her... You're not even gonna make him Scottish? Or Irish? I think it was Scottish. Don't... Well... Lady! That's basically all over now. You're about to be replaced. <laughs> Replace? Me? I don't think so. Lady, this is Lulu. When the baby moves in, the dog moves out. Help me get this thing off. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not awkward at all. This way. Yeah, it's totally safe. I'm not gonna do that. You're crazy. You don't know the half of it. <laughs> wow. What is this place? Oh, they just showed the meatball scene. Oh, it was so cringy. The world out there. With no fence. I'm done. I can't watch it. I'm not watching it. I can't watch it anymore. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Play play the original one. Play the original one. Dog. Oh. They used to be in the dog and pony fight. That's so much better. Oh. He's a tramp, but they love him. Breaks a new heart every day. He's a tramp. They adore him. And I only hope he'll stay that way. He the reason why these... Mo Listen, Tessa Tom... By the way, I actually like these um these voice actors. Uh, Tessa Thompson, she does a, a really, really good lady, you know. Uh, at least from what I've seen from the trailer. I think she'll do a good job. I, I actually like some of the parts. I, I really like Seth uh, Seth Rogen and the guy who played Puma um, as well. They, they did a great job as well. The issue isn't the voice actors. The issue isn't, you know, whether or not they can, they can perform. Because they can all perform, you know. The difference is whether or not they can... The, the difference is really the animation. Because they, you, you don't have some of the exaggerated things that you have in animation, right? So, for instance, during the he's a he's a tramp, just like I know him, 
the banging, the clanging, this this stuff. And I only hope you stay that way. Like that was that was uh, in the movie. It was like a a pan full of bones and a pot full of uh, an empty pot or an empty bucket that the dog was wagging and hitting his tail against to kind of be a drum, right? Like, that's the difference between animation and live action is that you can do that with animation. You can make that, and like, they aren't going to do this. And on top of that, the, the animation, the style of the animation is also a part of the movie as well as the actual, like, voice actors and stuff. Like, like you can't beat this. You can't beat He's that. He's a tramp. He's a scoundrel. He's a rounder. He's a cab. He's a tramp. But I love him. Yes, even I have got it pretty bad. Like, that's some... that That is beautiful right there. And... You have the dogs howling and, you know, and that adds to the, that's like a weird thing that actually helps out. Like you wouldn't think that dogs howling would add to kind of a jazz or a blues singer. And it does. It's, it's great. It kind of replaces those instruments uh, that you would usually hear. Obviously there's some instruments going on in the background as well, but I mean, I can't get behind this man. What are they going to do with the little mermaid? What are they going to do with that? Ah, man. Damn, man, I can't, I can't get into this, I can't get into this, I can't, it's not real, it's not like, here's the thing, right, I don't mind retelling the same stories, but it seems like what Disney is doing, instead of creating a whole bunch of animation, like new animation type of stuff, they're sticking, they're like recreating the old stuff, right, in live action, and it's not very good. That's the thing. It really isn't. When it comes to the animation. And the animation was the best freaking part. It really was. Like I'm going to play you a snippet from one of my favorite movies. In the Disney animation. What was it? What was the song? Here we go. And the animation, the stuff that they pull off here, the lighting, you'll know it. You'll know it as soon as you hear it. I don't even have to say what it is. But all this stuff that goes on in this scene is all predicated on the animation. It has nothing to do with... It, ha it has everything... It has a lot to do with the, um, the voice actors as well because, I mean, you want to talk about the guy who's... who's who's like the main star of this scene. He, he does a phenomenal job and I didn't even know he could sing. But for the most part, all of this that happens within this scene is, is all about the animation. Like if I put, if I turn off the sound, if I turn off the sound for you, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this scene was impressive. Obviously you can't hear any of this stuff because this is all freaking, this is all the sound, but you'll, you'll know exactly what it is. Come on boys, won't you shake? A poor sinner's hand. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Transformation Central. Transformation Central. Transformation Central. Transmodification Central. Can you feel it? You're changing, you're changing, you're changing all right. I hope you're satisfied. 
if you ain't, don't blame me. You can blame my friends on the I mean, it's a great, it's a great performance by the voice actor. Don't get me wrong; it's not. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the voice actor was terrible or anything. But, it, but it's, it does the animation does a lot of the work. I mean, you can just mute this whole freaking scene, and it's just, I mean, how are they gonna do this with live action? You have to be creative. You have to have some type of pizzazz. You have to have something special about your live action, right? Like Marvel's Marvel, uh, like the Marvel movies, they aren't as they're they're not like the Spider-Man movies. Not oh god, that doesn't make any sense what I just said. The Marvel movies are stylistically different than Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That's what I was trying to say. This you know the Spider-Man movie, the new one, the old new one, the new old one. It, it it was the one that came out last year. It's not far from home. It's the other one, Into the Spider-Verse. That movie was all predicated off of the animation, right? Like if I turned the volume off with that movie, you would be like, "Oh my gosh, that's such that's a that that's some really really cool stuff." That that movie has some of the best animation I've ever seen in my entire life. From the you know, the fighting scenes from New York City to all of this incredible stuff. I was watching it last night and I was like, "Wow, that it it, it surprises me how good of a movie that movie was when it comes to the animation." It was made by Sony. Sony Pictures Animation. Sony made that movie. <laughs> like, Sony? Sony? The same people that were like, we're not going to have another Marvel movie. Jesus Christ, man. I, 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 I can't stand this type of stuff. I can't stand bad remakes of great movies. Can't stand it. Don't want to. I don't watch them, and I don't complain about them that much, but it's like... If I see a trailer of it in my in my recommended feed, you show me a trailer for it, I'm, I'm going to be like, this sucks. And I watch it, it sucks. And if it sucks, it sucks. If I watch it and it sucks, it sucks. Sorry, not sorry. It sucks. It's not like, are you ready? Friends from the other side. Hold on, let me freaking play the best part of it. Now I got friends from the other side. I got voodoo, I got shooter, I got things I can't even describe. And I got friends from the other side. Like that, ah, and ah, it's, the song is great. The voice acting is great. The performance is great. But the animation. That's an echo, gentlemen. Just a little something we can do. Don't you derogate or deride. You're in my world now, not your world. And I got friends on the other side. He's got friends on that's an echo, gentlemen. Just a little something we have here in Louisiana. A little parlor trick, don't worry. Sit down at my table. Put your mind at ease. If you relax, you will enable me to do anything I please. I can read your future. I can change it around some too. I look deep into your heart and soul. You do have a soul, don't you, Lawrence? Make your wildest dreams come true. I got voodoo, I got hoodoo, I got things I ain't even tried. And I got friends on the other side. He's got friends on the other side. 
The cards. The cards. The cards. All right. I, I, I could literally watch this. I could literally watch this all day. I'm, I, I'm like, I, li- I, was, I was so distracted. I was like, I was, li- I was like a kid watching a magician, you know, how you just kind of get entranced, how you follow the magic, right? Literally, that's just what happened. I was like, oh my God, he's got friends on the other side. What does that mean? I want to watch more. Now that, that snippet makes me want to watch the entire movie, the entirety of Princess and the Frog, which was, a, it was okay. But that scene, the I got friends on the other side, best part of the movie, best part of the movie. That's, that is, that is worth a watch. Like that little scene alone is literally worth watching the entirety of the movie. I know I haven't been casting the, uh, the Green Bay versus the Detroit game in all honesty. It has, uh, it is, it has been a low scoring game. I can't, they, like Aaron Rodgers has an interception or something. I, I couldn't tell you cause I, I've not been watching this game as hard as I probably should be. Apparently, by the way, IGN is reporting on how the Venom director says Sony leading toward crossover with Spider-Man. This is the Venom director. So a Spider-Man Venom crossover event thing. Which it's like, did any of you watch the last movie? Because yes, they hinted at a multiverse, but they didn't actually say that there was one. Nobody watched it, apparently. Everybody was like, yeah, we know that there's a multiverse in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, they, they, didn't, they didn't establish that. Jesus Christ. Rodgers scrambled outside the pocket. The Green Bay Packers. Man, they, they, they blew the doors open, wide open against the Dallas Cowboy defense, and now they are, they've only scored 13 points in four quarters. Looked as anemic as Anyone has looked in this entire season. Rodgers scrambling outside, throwing to his right, third and 10 at the 46-yard line of the Detroit Lions. The Green Bay Packers are driving now in Detroit territory. Ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. Rodgers standing in, standing, standing. I mean, he trips on freaking grass. And the refs throw the flag! What are you doing, you idiots? You're bailing out Rodgers. Freaking throwing your damn flag at the end of the freaking play. What's the flag on? What? What? I mean, you want to talk about freaking giving a nasty stiff arm to a right, to a left tackle. This dude, holy shit, man. John Barty, three-time Super Bowl official, just called one of the worst calls of his entire NFL career. What the hell are these NFL referees doing, doing, man? Three-time Super Bowl official? They're all terrible. All of them. Fire them all. I don't care. Scorch the earth. Where's the face? Where's the, he? He was grabbing his collar, which I think he can do. But Jesus Christ, man, you gotta be shitting me. Illegal use to the hand. I mean, if it's below the face, I guess that's okay, right? 
Jesus Christ. Whew, man. They got friends on the other side, apparently. The Green Bay Packers do, man. Man, I mean, they got lucky against Dallas. They got, they're getting lucky against the Packers. You can't tell me this is fate. Aaron Rodgers, third and goal, third and ten. It was about, he, he, it was almost a sack, and Jesus Christ, man. Oh, they're talking about the ESPN analyst. The guy who was like, let's shut these Saints fans up with our good officiating. Didn't do jack. Jesus Christ, man. Now it's third and five. Once again, Rodgers can't get anything done. Rodgers. Where's Aaron Jones? I thought Aaron Jones was going to twiddle his fingers. Twiddle twiddle his fingers. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Why isn't Aaron Jones twiddling his fingers like he did against the Dallas Cowboys? I thought he was going to pay yet again another fine, have four touchdowns again, at least two. He can't have two. Two touchdowns? Come on, Aaron. Where's Aaron? He's in the backfield right now, I think. Rodgers in the shotgun. Rodgers standing, looking downfield, firing, firing, firing. Looks like a touchdown to me. Touchdown, Green Bay. Lazard. Beautiful throw by Rodgers, a contested pass. Jesus Christ, maybe I spoke too damn soon. 19-19, all before the field goal. Maybe I should have put my foot in my mouth. Shut up. Wait. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That looks like the Des Bryant catch. It looks like it. It kind of looks like it, but they're not going to call it because, of course, this is Green Bay we're talking about. But no, he caught it, I think. He caught it. I mean, I don't even know if it's a catch anymore. Wait, there's a flag on the field or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. They're not calling it. They're not challenging it. Not doing anything. The ball moves, but I don't know what a catch is or what a catch isn't or all that shit because they, they fucked it up. They fucked up the game. I don't know. I got to get like a reclining chair that I can just lean back and have the microphone in. You know how like... Uh, uh, what's it called? The Fighter and the Kid. I don't know if they do that podcast. Ben, uh, ben Schwab. I forgot his first name, but Ben Schwab, I think that's what his name is. Mike Schwab. Peter Schwab. Something Schwab. He he used to sit in a uh, a chair with with um with one of the uh, with with a fellow comedian as well, and. He sat in like this nice leather chair and he just talked about stuff for like an hour. That's what I need, man. I need a nice, comfortable chair because all the cushion is just out in this chair to record my podcast in. Just sit back, relax. Record. Bang, bang. I do have a chair. Do I want to move all that stuff for a chair? I'm like, this is how this is how boring the game is. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking about moving like a giant leather chair right next to my computer to have a comfortable chair to sit. And I'm like, should I do it? Should I do it? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, it's 
It's not that far. I do have a chair, a nice leather one. Like, that could potentially work. Who knows? Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm distracting myself now. The Lions are down by one point. It's second and six. Finally, we're getting some action. Aaron Rodgers has now... Uh, the Green Bay Packer fans are now chanting, by the way. But Aaron Rodgers has now freaking gotten the crowd riled up. Everybody from all ages is screaming at the top of their freaking lungs at the Green Bay defense to make a freaking stop. Stafford has been driving up and down the field, but Stafford has also been freaking padding his stats. Stafford looking down the field to throw it. And off the hands of his damn wide receiver, what the hell was going on there? The wide receiver, literally a perfect ball by Matthew Stafford. Freaking beautiful completion if he catches the damn ball. What the hell is going on with all these? I mean, he, he simply put beats him. Kind of looks like a pass interference. The dude wasn't playing the ball. Grabs him across his chest. Doesn't that look like pass interference? I don't know. The refs have kind of screwed the game up. Nobody's going to throw their challenge flag because the referees aren't going to reverse it. Third and six. Stafford in the shotgun. Stafford, not Stafford. Stafford in the shotgun, looking, firing, bangs it, looks like a first down, but he drops the football. Stafford, fourth and six, what the hell happened? I mean, that's definitely pass interference, but the rest are not going to call that. They're too stupid to call that. Why would they call that? Bang. I mean, the DB makes a great play on the ball, but... It's pass interference. What else do you want me to say? They're not... I mean, Jesus Christ, there's six minutes left. Uh, what's his face? Patricia, he's like, we're not going for it with Stafford, you know, our hundred-plus million-dollar quarterback. We're going to punt it on fourth and six with six minutes left in the football game, giving Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers enough time to do literally whatever they want to do. All they have to do is kick a field goal, and they have to now score a touchdown to win the football game. But... The way that they just got sliced and diced, man. Stafford goes three and out. Three and out. Three and out. He has a, he's, he's like a, he, I think he's a $100 million quarterback. I think he is. I think he's getting paid like one is what I should be saying. DB for the, uh, for... The freaking Lions is now... I'm fast-forwarding through the game, by the way. Because I kind of want to see how it ends. Six minutes left. They motion. Aaron Jones out in the backfield. Second and five. Rodgers. They rush three. Don't give him a lot of time to throw the damn football because he's going to make, yep, an easy completion. And he does. He does. First and ten. I don't know why people on third down, they don't blitz Rodgers. Blitz... And you drop a linebacker into coverage. You can't do that. You can't play zone coverage, a soft zone like that. Freaking blitz Rodgers. Send everybody. Send them. Blitz him. Goodness gracious, man. First and 10, five minutes left at the 35-yard line of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers operating once again in the shotgun. Gives a little dump-off pass to 83. I think that's Geronimo Allison. Allison gets tackled for like a two-yard gain, 22-20. to 20. Oh, wait, Detroit's winning it. 
I thought Detroit was losing. Detroit's winning. The Packers have to drive. That's why they didn't go for it on fourth and six. I'm an idiot. I get, I get. Sorry about that. I unplugged my microphone by accident. I didn't check the score. Rodgers is losing. Rodgers. Rodgers. What are you doing? Four minutes, 55 seconds left in the quarter. Rodgers scrambling. Rodgers looking, looking. Pumps. Runs for the first down. Slides. Defense has to play defense. Three timeouts for all teams because they're not going to ca- challenge those damn officiating teams. Let me charge my computer before I run out of battery. Oh, happy days. Happy days. Rainbows, sunshines, and pixies are on the way. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Oh, 22 to 20. Four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Rodgers giving it to Lazard, who has one touchdown on the day. Absolute beast. Pretty much is the size of a tight end, but runs like a, uh, a running back. But, I mean, stiff arms like he's a running back. I mean, Jesus Christ. Runs like a wide receiver, not a running back, excuse me. But stiff arms like a running back. Second and seven, three minutes left. Rodgers taking as much time as he needs. He only has to score one field goal. They are in four-down territory. Everybody in Green Bay is freezing their freaking asses off because it's Green Bay, Wisconsin, otherwise known as in Lambeau Field, otherwise known as the frozen bleeping tundra. Rodgers looking, looking. Why is Patricia giving him so much freaking time? They're giving him so much damn time in the like, like in the pocket. Patricia just w- rushed three and used the de- used the freaking defensive lineman to chip Graham, who of course gets free again because you're matching him up against a DB. What the hell is Patricia doing out there? Freaking chipping. Goodness gracious. Now they're inside freaking Detroit Lion territory. Jimmy Graham... I mean, that's like one of his best passes tonight. That's one of his best catches tonight. Tonight. And remember, it's 22 to 20, Detroit. They only, like, like Green Bay has to get in the field goal range, which they currently are, and Mason Crosby has to hit one of the easiest field goals he can ever hit in his entire doggone life. Two minutes left in Blitzstone. 9% of pass plays this season, lowest rate in the NFL. That's the freaking Detroit Lions. What the hell are they doing down in Detroit? Patricia, call a damn blitz. Stop giving Rodgers all day to throw the damn football. Somebody better put hands on Aaron Bleep and Rodgers in two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Why are none of you guys blitzing? Blitz him. Hit him in his face. What are you doing? Jesus Christ, they, they converted, by the way, first and ten now. Rodgers driving. You gotta blitz him. You can't let him stand in the pocket. Let him escape. I'd rather have him throwing off schedule than throwing from the pocket. He's a, he'll stretch it from the pocket. 
Stop giving him, disrupt some of these passes, man. Jesus Christ. Clean as a whistle. Aaron Rodgers just said that, you know, his jersey has never been that, has never been that clean in a really long time. This is one of those clean jersey games. It's like, I mean, it's like he just came fresh out of the dry cleaning, man. What the hell's going on with Rodgers? The only thing that, I mean, he's wearing a white jersey. The only thing that's green is his, is his, is like his left leg. And that's because he slid. Like, Jesus Christ, his jersey looks as clean as a whistle. Oh my goodness. First and 10 at the 22 yard line of Detroit. They run it with Aaron. They tackle him. They tackle, they tackle. One minute left. Detroit calls a timeout because of course he does. Hey, hey, Patricia, Patricia, Patricia. Why don't you blitz? Why don't you blitz? I don't know, maybe he should blitz. Maybe, maybe. am I crazy? Maybe you should blitz Aaron bleeping Rodgers so that way he doesn't have any time to throw in the damn pocket. I don't care how, I don't care, I, I don't care what you gotta do. I don't care who it is. I don't care what you have to do. Just don't give Aaron Rodgers a lot of time to win the damn game. Don't give him a freaking easy pass. Just letting him stand there in the damn pocket. Just shredding you like, tur- like turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Just freaking taking a, a nice cutting knife and slicing up some turkey slices for the family to eat on a nice Thanksgiving afternoon. Jesus Christ. Because that's what he's doing to Detroit. Slicing them up. Second and eight. Jesus Christ. Give me a freaking break. Second and eight. Rodgers in the shotgun. I'm looking. He runs it again. Oh, they're just going to run out the clock. Timeout again. Green Bay. Going to give Matthew Stafford some time to... Matt Patricia 100% lost this game for freaking the uh, the Detroit Lions. Hey, Matt. And Matt has this like ridiculous smirk on his face. I, I, t- I take that back. Matt Patricia. I said I would take Matt Patricia over Jason Garrett. Not anymore. He, it's a lateral movement. I'm taking... I've seen a full game of him. He's a lateral head coach. He, how is Matt LaFleur? Okay. This is the thing. This is what I don't get. Okay. This is what I don't get. How is Matt LaFleur beating... This dude. How's he beating him? That's what I don't get. That's what I don't get. I don't get it. How is he beating? How's he beating him? I don't get it. Can someone explain this to me? I don't get it at all. I really, really don't. Personal foul, roughing the passer. Oh, yep, defense. Now, uh, the uh, the Detroit Lions have no way in hell of winning this football game. They're just going to run it in. Illegal use of hands. On Trey Flowers, the guy who did it again, who didn't do it. So now the referees are actually costing NFL teams football games. Let's see this again. And it's and uh, and it's not illegal use of hands to the face. It's not. It's not again. So guess what? The Detroit Lions got screwed over as hard as the Cowboys did yesterday against the Jets, the week before against the Saints, uh, or the week before against the Packers, and the week before against the freaking Saints, except the, except against the Saints, the rest didn't screw us as bad. But Jesus Christ, how many passes is Aaron Rodgers going to get?
Finally, finally, you know what? This guy, I, I don't know his real name, but this guy, McFarlane, I like him as a commenter because he actually calls the freaking game the way he sees it. He sees freaking no no illegal use of hands to the face. I'm calling Troy and Tony out on this. They didn't call they didn't call out the refs when the Dallas Cowboys were getting shredded by the referees and by the other damn teams. In a crucial game game winning scenario. Two illegal use of hands to the face calls in this half. And Troy Flowers, former New England Patriot, by the way, has never been called for this call ever in his entire career. Isn't that something? First and ten. Oh, they don't even they don't even block that they don't even tackle this dude. He gets through the hole. They don't even try to tackle because they know this damn game is over with. They don't even try to block. The hole is there. Nobody tries to run through the hole. Matt Patricia and the refs screwing over Matthew Stafford. Hold on. My bad. Sorry about that. Matt Patricia and the NFL referees once again screwing over yet another team to yet another loss. Is anyone going to talk about this tomorrow? I doubt it. Packers are going to run the clock down. This guy, McFarlane, making valid points here. Nobody has the guts to say anything because everybody's gutless in this comment. Nobody's talking about the officiating, even though it's been the worst I've ever seen in my entire life. Adam Schefter with the other people. He's like, with the Green Bay fans, he's having a yoke right now. Green Bay did not deserve to win this football game. Hold on. 
It's like the Saints and the Rams all over again. But nobody, nobody, nobody talked about it. Remember, I don't want to hear any. I don't want to hear anybody complaining about this tomorrow. Tomorrow, because nobody had to. Nobody said anything against about the the Packers and the Cowboys. Nobody. Nobody. This, this idiot referee is, is making excuses for his idiot referees. He's like, it's a tough miss. It's like, no, it's not a tough miss. Everybody on Twitter is going to see this right here after. Everybody's going to tweet about this. This isn't a tough miss. That's an easy, that's an easy make. That's a Shaq layup. That's like being 17 feet tall and literally being under the basket with a basketball goal. With, with a basket. This is an easy, with a basketball, excuse me. This is an easy make. Don't provide any outs. Provide reasons why they didn't get the call. Here we go. Mason Crosby. Wins the game. Green Bay definitely should have lost it. Mason Crosby is about to do the Lambo leap. Definitely shouldn't have been able to do it. They should have lost. Yet again for the second week in a row. Should have lost, but the refs bail him out. Wait, did he actually? I don't think Mason Crosby jumped into it. I don't think he did. Let me let me see it. They say less of a leap, more of an assist. Let me see it. Oh yeah, he does. He has no hops. It's not that high up. It's like jumping out of a swimming pool. I can't stand this. Ugh. So, yet again, another loss. Another loss credited to the referees. Don't talk to me about Patricia. Talk to me about the uh, the blown calls. I like to read Skip's tweets. I think he has. Oh, no, he didn't even tweet about anything like that. Ugh, man. 
And he, he, the last tweet he had was like 32 minutes ago. I'm like, what, he's got to be on top of this stuff. Ugh, man. Is there anything else I want to talk about? Where's my phone? Because I'm done with the game. The rest gave the game uh, to, to Green Bay. What else can I say? What else can I say besides uh, the rest literally cost cost the uh, the Detroit Lions the football game. What a surprise. Aaron Rodgers wins again in Green Bay. I'm starting to get the feeling that some of these stuff, some of these games are pretty, uh, starting to get scripted. Jesus Christ, how do you not call that? How do you not call how do you how do you call that? Not not call it, but how do you call it? Jesus Christ, man. Where is it? There's the uh, there's the Lakers versus the Warriors. Let me watch a little bit of uh, of that NBA basketball. Let me watch a little bit of that. The game's going on again until like midnight. I'm not gonna watch it all. Just gonna, I'm just gonna take a, a peek, quick little peek at it. I want to see LeBron and Steph Curry play. Danny Green's on the team. Wow, I can't believe that. Oh yeah, they did sign him. I do remember him signing it. Apparently nobody on the uh, on the Lakers wants to rebound because Steph Curry, one of the littlest, he even flexes on on the Lakers, one of the littlest basketball players you'll ever see, just freaking out rebounded the entirety of the Lakers uh, uh, team. Three minutes left. LeBron, I mean, he's in full sweats with AD. I mean, they're beating the stuffing out of the freaking Green Bay Packers. Doggone it! The, the the what who? What's the team? The the Lakers? What? Not the Lakers. The Warriors. The Golden State Warriors. They're being the stuffing out of him. Forty-seven to 35, 37 to 40, 47 to thirty-five. I can't talk anymore. My mind is just shot. Considering how badly Green Bay just freaking ah uh, just stole that game away from the freaking uh, Detroit Lions. They did it to Dallas, man. I'm trying to tell you, nobody's gonna nobody want to talk about it. Now you want to talk about it? You don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I got a problem. <laughs> oh my god. What am I watching? What how how can I comment? How can I tell you? Well, I can't really talk about how the fouls aren't really doing anything right now. There a guy took two foul shots, he made both of them. LeBron's not in the game. I think Steph Curry. Oh, yeah, Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell. That doesn't look like... Yeah, D'Angelo Russell, he's in the game. He looks... <laughs> he looks like a WNBA player, man. I mean, I, what what the hell are those shorts, man? Come on, man. With his hair, I mean, he, he literally looks like a girl out there. Oh, my gosh. Steph Curry, they get the rebound to him. 
He doesn't hit the easy floater. What the hell is D'Angelo Russell doing right now? Why? I'm like, why does he look like a girl? <laughs> he does! He does! Oh my goodness. Warriors passing. They get an easy three ball. Now it's 47 to 40. Timeout Los Angeles. I am out of here because I can't watch any more basketball. Like the song says, it's checkout time, baby. This has been 24's podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. Pause the music. Pause it. I'm not really sure... Uh, I I don't like to be like, well, I'm not going to make another podcast until Thursday Night Football. I don't really like to say that. Ah, man, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of reading into the video gaming industry. But I got to figure out a way to get the industry back into the podcast. Because right now, it's it's like I'm just just not freaking getting the job done when it comes to talking about video games. Trust me, I know I'm not getting the job done. I will get the job done on this podcast, but until my next episode, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.